to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And thank you for joining us for our hot topics going into round seven. Wait no longer. We have a special guest for you tonight. Chris is going to have to pay him overtime because he's been held on the line. Uh, Swizz, you there? I am there, boys. How are we? Good, mate. Good, mate. Welcome back. By, by popular demand for a third time, mate. No, no, I appreciate it. I don't know about the popular demand bit, but uh, <laughs> it's good to be back. Well, good things come in threes, apparently, so menage en trois. Some good things. Before we move on, though, on our socials, you can follow us, SC Insider 100, on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, you name it. Uh, for all the podcast needs, all your audio platforms, go to Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Podbean, you name it. And on the YouTube, Chris. Yes, we are on YouTube as well. Uh, search for Supercoach Insider. We just recorded our uh, team uh, podcast, and uh, they'll be up, li- up on the line soon. On the line. On the line. So, Carnage Week. It is officially the first week of Carnage in the year, I believe. So, um, we've obviously had some injuries. Uh, Everyone's going to be dealing with their own little issues inside the team, from suspensions to injuries to one-weekers to 12-weekers and everything in between. So, uh, uh, that's what this podcast is going to obviously focus on. Um, I suppose we should get into it with, uh, with Josh Dunkley being the... Uh, one of well, the number one forward, uh, well, closely followed by uh, Jack Siebel, um, uh, being it's, injured. It's frustrating. Yeah, Josh Dunkley injured out for up to sixteen weeks, and everything replacing Dunkley is Kmart version Dunkley. <laughs> it's Wish version Dunkley. No matter how you name it, I don't like it. Are, are we all in ownership of Dunkley? Are you, uh, Swizz? You got uh, Dunkley as well. Absolutely, and I've got him in all my drafts and everything, oh, so very oh. frustrating. Yeah, <laughs> all all good players have Dunkley, basically. Uh, only uh, only uh, one person here has Neil, though. Is that right, uh, Swiss? As well. <laughs> <laughs> um, quick pro quo. I brought in. Uh, I got rid of Josh Kelly finally. F Josh Kelly, and I brought in Lockie Neal because it was a good time. It's it's a great time to get rid of Josh Kelly, and wouldn't you know it? I get rid of. Here's the irony. I think he probably would have been better holding Kelly, eh? Fuck you. Here's, here's, here's the irony, right? Josh Kelly, I injury prone, I start him, and I get rid of him not because he's injured. And what do I do? I bring in someone who gets injured. That's the irony. It's fucked up. Chris, uh, it's both our birthdays, Saturday, Sunday. So do you want to it is. quick cheers, my friend? Happy cheers. birthday. And can we also say happy birthday to Swizz for, uh, was it yesterday, mate? or? Yeah, on Monday it was. Oh, mate, happy birthday for Monday. And um, we, we will toast a beer to you as well, my dear good sir. Cheers, cheers. Chin, chin. Cheers, boys. Cheers. All right. Um, so those are the two big injuries, um, for obviously. And uh, Dusty Martin, of course, is the uh, the other one um, with the one. It looks like a one weeker for concussion. Yeah, enjoy that. Um, so Chris. Yeah, I actually brought in Dusty. So my trade plans uh, last week uh, changed to bring in Dusty, which was really great. Uh, Swiss, do you have Dusty as well? I do not. Ah, Woohoo! For, party. Motherfucker. We've got to celebrate those <laughs> ones who those who don't have him. So uh, let's talk about strategies. Yes. Uh, who wants yeah. to lead off? So so if you – okay, so most people have Dusty. Yep, so I 71%. Think consensus on that, I think all three of us would say hold at this point. 
Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, if you have Dusty, you hold him for a week. There's if, no. If you, as long as you're not obviously not getting uh, zero. That's... The only way you don't hold Dusty is if he goes to New Zealand and somehow there's some quarantine when he comes back, which <laughs> would, be would really suck. Stupid. So yes. just fly a single plane over there to just pick him up and then come back. <laughs> I'm okay with it. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that that's uh, that's an easy hold. one. Yep. Um, and I think the other two are easy trades. Oh, the premiums, you have to. Yeah, the easy, 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 easy trades. Lockie Neal, if you're in a draft league, um, don't be stupid. Someone dropped him in my school draft league. I'm like, why? He's out for eight weeks, mate. Hold him. So then the strategy moves to, okay, so do you just get best available? Because you've got some really nice price points to work with. You know, they didn't go out on a 50. No. Um, or a 29, like Ridley or whatever it was that you got. Um, 31, I think it was. Uh, so... So you've got you've got options. Um, you can really go to any player in the game, pretty much, um, uh, with a one down, one up. So I think Gorn's like still seven fifty. So you could still, if you don't have Gorn, you could still technically go one down, one up over to Gorn. Um, but it just leaves so many possibilities out. Now, what are you guys leaning towards? I'll, I'll get Swizz's um, ideas first, and then we'll come back to uh, to you, Ben. But Swizz, what is your thinking in terms of how to manage this uh, with just just Dunkley? Well, just uh, with Dunks at the moment, well, I'm running Ziva Walker Impy. So that, the decision comes, do I want three or four rookies on field? Yep. And it really comes down to sides being named on Friday night um, before the Bulldogs game uh, to see w- which way I go there. Um, at the moment, I, I'm quite deep. I see a lot of sides with only three premium midfielders. I'm running Taranto at M5. So probably the forward is the way I'm looking at in Nazorko. But the, the if these rookies are named, um, it'd be pretty, a luxury for me to go to, say, a Bont or a, another premium mid, um, which would you know, obviously shore up my midfield. Yeah, I, I completely um, agree with you. That's That's where I'm leaning towards. And there's two reasons for that. First of all, the forwards suck. <laughs> so, and I, I don't even have techs. So for me, this week, even though I brought in Dusty last week, he'll miss this week, which means I'm guaranteed to whatever I do, minimum three rookies on field. So I kind of have to bring in a forward, um, which is going to suck. I'm hoping that like these rookies don't get dropped, which would really put me in a bad situation. But um, yeah, I think for me, I, I absolutely must bring in a forward. And then it's, okay, well, what's my best available option? I'm with you on the Zorko, but we'll go through a few different options. Um, and the other reason why I like Zorko from the Dunkley price point is it gives you another 150k to actually go and actually make an upgrade this week. So sure. um, you can you can potentially do that depending on how your side's playing up. So that's the strategy you're thinking. Hey, PS, I'm not sure I like this. Chris just fucking half hosted for a second. I there. did. Did you like that? No, I, I did just, not. I'm, you know what I did? I took your stick and I I'm, went, "No, it's, I'm it's biting, it is mine." I'm biding my time, and I'm like. What the fuck is this? I don't, you're like, I don't, I don't this? like this. this I, don't, I don't know what this happening. Is this what Chris feels like all the time? <laughs> Possibly. Uh, I think that is a worthwhile strategy. So that's the same thing I'm looking at. Do you go two bona fide premiums to two other premiums? Is there any wriggle room where if you go with slightly cheaper option, are you in the market then to go and upgrade a rookie next week? Now, take in mind that strategy includes the fact that there's not many rookies on the market at the moment to downgrade. So... If you're not going to be able to go one down, one up next week, and it looks like there's nothing on the horizon, going for a slightly cheaper option to allow you that cash to upgrade another rookie on field next week is actually a pretty good play. I actually think that um, there's definitely there's a little bit better rookies next week than there is this week. 
So the fact that you sort of almost forced into a, a one down one up from Dunkley, it actually helps if you yeah if you've already got a little bit of cash in bank that you can actually make an upgrade with. Um, so for me, uh, I, I'm happy, I'm happy missing all of these rookies. Like you know, Finn McRae looked average at best. Um, might not even be named this week. Uh, we've already got word that um, Caleb Poulter is a Poulter, whatever, however you want to pronounce it. Poulter, Poulter. Um, he's he's already he's debuting, which means. And if you look at the Collingwood lineup, Dugowie's coming back, and he's been confirmed, and so is Keane. So to me, it looks like they'll probably move Will Kelly back forward. Trey Rusco goes out of team because he's an absolute spud, um, and then you've got two more outs. For me, those two outs have to be Rantle and McRae. Now that sucks for people that brought in McRae early, um, but he just I, I blame Buckley because he didn't really play him on the ball at all this week when he sh- and the ball again just barely entered the four fifty. But the only real forward rookie that that performed last week was Bo McCreary with three goals, even though he only got forty seven. He proved to be impactful in the game, so I think he's safe. But I just can't say that you know for certainty that Ransell and McRae are safe this week. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. People are going to really hate that information, but it is unfortunately classic Collingwood. We alluded to that a couple of weeks ago. Um, but yeah, the other forwards on the bubble all look pretty average or then they're like 175K. You got Atu, Boston, Olavagi and, and Farah. They also look eh. Yeah. Nothing, Job security issues. Nothing setting my world alight, which is, um, and even then it's a real meh week. Do you like, have any um, any rookies that you're looking at uh, there, Swizzy, or you're, you're completely over them this week? Uh, I've already got Finlay. I've already been from the start, so I don't have to look about him. The um, the only one that people seem to be jumping on after he's 90-odd was Robertson last week, but he's obviously had uh, one price rise, yep. um, and he's, what, now 225 off the top <laughs> yeah, of my exactly. head? yep. Um, so yeah, I, I can understand people's appeal because they're thinking with Neil out, there might be, and he's a bit of a ball magnet. Um, there, there might be an opportunity there for him to get some more games, but I didn't bring him in because job security was a bit of a worry and that higher price. Um, and we've seen with rookies like Chapman's a prime example. Yeah, plays that one or two good games. Two games later, it's you know fifty and looking could be dropped. Yeah. Uh, so I might be a higher price yeah. rookie. I think Golden and Warner say high as well. Well, but not only that, they yeah. start off really well, but then you know they their bodies catch up quickly yeah. and find out what it's actually like to play league footy week Every, in week, week, week. out. Yeah, uh, I don't like um, Robinson for that reason. Uh, I think he's a if he was a rookie price one twenty three or even if he'd gone up to one forty odd, sure I would have brought him in. I think that's a reasonable mm-hmm. price two twenty odd. I am not touching him. I don't. I know the appeal. Job security probably, yes, goes up. He has been impressive enough. However, um, his body won't handle that kind of workload. I think Reese the Beast, Matheson, has to come in. He's killing it in the seconds. He's old enough now. He's mature enough now. His body's ready. He's been in a long list behind looking for some inside minutes. So I think he is the one that they're going to turn to. He's uh, old I enough. On, Math- on Matheson for a moment, for those draft players out there, I've already got I him. Know, uh, <laughs> I know I've uh, I've gone out and got him in three of my leagues. So yeah, yeah. that's one. If he still happens to be on the waiver, yeah, him. you might want to chuck him on your bench. I've got him even before teams are named. I am heavily confident yeah. they're going to look to him. Plus, he's mature and old enough. He knows the system. He knows you know the team structure, what they're going for. Yeah. And if anything, I think they're going to try and get a bit more reliability because. Last week, after they kept losing, the Lions actually went and turned to back to how it was old school, right? You know, McCluggage, Berry, you're you know, like you're on the wings. 
Zorko, um, Lions, um, Neil, you're in the guts. And they kind of went back to what was working because... They're going to have to. And they have to That's now. That's what I mean. This is why Zorko is such a impressive pick because I think that he's a guy that can go on a run for 110 to 120 while Neil's out and that's going to really you know put the put teams that have him well above the pack so is that a segue are we going straight into forwards and looking at Zorko starting off could be just before we do that I also agree with you guys on Robertson I don't think that that's a really uh, good pick Um, it's unfortunate that Eli Smith is injured right now and that's why he won't get any any time here unfortunately yeah it's unlucky um but um, looking forward to next week's rookies, um, I do see Frederick as a guy who looks like has leapfrogged Bergman in that back line. Um, so I got a little bit of job security. He played electric on the weekend um, and scored a nice handy, I think it was an 88 um, from memory. Um, and uh, Phil Thorpe looked fantastic as a second foil next to Tex um, with uh, who, who was played off the pine that looked absolutely uh, – uh, Tom McDonald, was it? Um, what's his... No, it's not Tom McDonald. What's his name? Uh, Center half forward for Adelaide. I don't know why you're oh, looking at No, no. The, um, the old stager. Oh. I was in Tom Lynch. Tom Lynch. Oh, the other one. Yeah. Why Tom Lynch. Tom, Tom Lynch off the pine. Tom Lynch was terrible. Um, and he lo- looks to be still injured. Tom Lynch, you're talking about the guy that came in late subbed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that was a debacle. Um, it was a huge debacle, and he looked terrible. And Phil Thorpe looked fantastic. He's got a little bit of job security there, so I do think that even if he does go well, um, unfortunately he's obviously an elevated rookie. But if he plays well this week, he'll be in because there's just nothing on the forward line. I need you need to um, have a little bit of backup with Waterman dropped. Um, most people are only running you know one playing rookie on their pine. We could be dropped at any time. Um, Flynn, you don't even know what cash sort of he's making. So I actually don't mind um, Phil Thorpe next week if he goes well this week as well. So it could be um, you know, one down, one up from Dunkley to it and then two I think that's horrible. down next week. Phil Thorpe, the coach said he will probably be managed at some point. He's not even guaranteed best 22. He wasn't actually that impressive in the sample, but you never know what players are going to do when they get into the actual AFL. And he was impressive. But the guy said he'll probably be rested at some point. He's not guaranteed best 22. I don't like those odds. I really um, don't. And that was in his press conference. Yeah. Well, then, then you kick five uh, goals in your well, five goals, and you yeah. can do whatever you want. But hey, you know, look, Cozzy kicked five goals, but he's still a fucking Muppet. But he's so, still, get, still, get, still getting games. Still too. making me money, Chris. Yeah, how's, that, how's, that, how's that money in your pocket that you don't have? You motherfuckers. <laughs> Triggered. I've got to say, Triggered. You motherfuckers that fucking have Cozzy and just got lucked up. into it. Lucked, up. <laughs> lucked into it because you had a zero on your field because Highmore wasn't named <laughs> and fucking Ridley was fucking not there. That, those are the those are the guys, you know, they should they shouldn't be here. Chris <laughs> needs to get a handle on are you, are you one of those Swiss? No, I didn't have him. I copped the donut and that. I was still lucky enough to still score 2361 with the donut. But, yeah, that frustrated me greatly because I'm looking at it going, I'm making so many points on everybody. And then just watching teams around me have Cozzy and that and that advantage just <laughs> every you know, time we touched the ball, I was just like, "Stop it!" Like, <laughs> and I kept I kept upgrading, updating the group chat. I was like, "He's got three, he's got four, and he's got five, ladies and gentlemen." That, that one that he just got out the back. I'm just like, "Come on!" Anyway, um, <laughs> last touch on rookie before the longest segue ever into Zorko. You're and, welcome. And it's not a segue if you say one more thing, Chris. Um, Cocker, sorry, sorry, segue. Cocker two. <laughs> Cocker two one twenty three thousand. He's not listed as injured anymore. I am looking for him. I don't know why. Maybe it's a desperate plea 
trying to see if he's got any form coming in, but he is someone that could actually spark some dynamite and some limited experience I to think the Brisbane team. Surely he has to play a little bit in the in the. Well, I'm trying to find neat full stats. I've got to see if he's actually. Y- you playing. mean VFL stats? Well, you know what I mean. Yeah, mm. I, kind of. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's it. Um, Zorko, four hundred eighty-five thousand is a nice price point. He what banks for one hundred fifty k on. Dunkley, if you are trying to get rid of him, uh, he's averaging a nice, crisp 94.3 for the year. Sounds worse than it is, though. He's had four tons, basically. When you look at his stats, he has gone 114, 115, 101, 102. 400s out of six, not bad odds, particularly when you're looking at leagues and overall. Obviously, Geelong didn't do well with the 64 and the Bulldogs with the 70. But again, I do share the thoughts that Zorka will be playing predominantly more midfield. They have to revert back to what it was. He's an experienced head. He's the captain. He needs to kind of be in there to sort of show them what needs to be done. I expect his tackle numbers to be up as well. My concern with Zorko is he had that foot issue last year. He said he's going to kind of have to manage it. I think it went pretty well for him in the preseason, but he's not young. He's older. Can he handle those minutes in his leg? Is he going to break down? And I'll flag this over to you, Swiss, in a second. You also have Tuke Miller coming up. And with no Neil, Tuke Miller, Tuke Miller, fuck. Tuke Miller is... Or he has to be all over Zorko. He loves that kind of attention. Yeah, he's got, he's got a history of going to Zorko, and that is my one worry. The hope is McCluggage goes ham yeah. this week. Yeah, McClug. They go yeah. Miller to, uh, um, yeah, what's that, in two weeks' time? Three weeks, round nine. So, yeah, yeah, round, round nine, so hopefully McCluggage goes bang, bang, and then they go to McCluggage with the lockdown and, and leave Zorko alone. <laughs> I, leave Brittany alone. I actually completely agree with you. And um, you, One thing that um, if you notice those scores um, from Zorko is he hasn't hit his real stride yet. Like look at look at his high score versus all the opponents upcoming. One sixty three versus Port Adelaide. One twenty nine against Frio. One fifty nine against Gold Coast. One forty one against Richmond. Like he's a guy that has high end scoring potential. So if you look at the forwards right now, they all fucking suck. Yeah, <laughs> they really suck. Or have question marks. Right. There's, yeah, I See, agree. Well, well, can I can I intervene in that spot? And I and I'm looking at it now. And that's it. Toby Green, fair enough. He, we know what Toby does about and he seems to be relishing the captaincy. But outside of him, and then still side bottom, who, depending on what Bucks wants to do with their role, right? Um, you, outside of that, you're looking at Tom McDonald, Harry McKay, Aaron Norton, Tom Atkins, Cozzy Pickett. Like, wow. this is the best highest scorers and the top ranked player forwards we've got. So, outside of Zorko, maybe Sidey or Toby, there is no one else. Right. And, and the, the thing I actually don't mind about it, Zorko increases his average for the next, say, six weeks, right? Let's just uh, assume that Lockie Neal creates a re- you know, remarkable recovery, comes back in six weeks. They then have North Melbourne, Geelong, and Adelaide coming out of that. Now, as of even if he plays half mid, half forward, he can still hit the scoreboard. They also then play what Saints, Hawks, Gold Coast. The run home after Frio coming good. home is also so quite good. He's opened up uh, potentially for the rest of the season a really, really good run because he's now got. He, he's likely going to have a role that's going to be conducive to scoring. For the next however long until Lockie Neal comes back, and then when he does come back, he's going to be a small forward playing against bottom eight teams. So. Look, I just don't think that there's much of a reason not to get him. Um, I think he's the number one target from a Dunkley into a, if you're going for a forward line guy. Um, 
I think we're probably it's by the sound of things. I think we're all in agreement there. Yeah, I think my only concern yeah. is his foot and tag, but it's not enough to kind of overrule. I think he beats side bottom. He beats at this point Marshall for me, which we'll get into. Um, and yeah, Heaney and everyone else. I think he's the, the a other thing with the other thing I'll say just on Tuke Miller is that he's he's become more of an offensive mid this season. Um, they're not really playing him as a tagger, and the reason is they don't have the Rao. That if, if Rao was playing and you, he could be that guy that you go head-to-head with. Instead, they're do, using Took as that that guy. So um, I don't necessarily think he plays a hard tag this season anyway. I and think- the last thing of my point would be about Zorko would be because of that COVID game, of the Lions had to come here, um, well, down, down to me in Victoria, mm-hmm. um, it means the Lions now finish the last four games at the Gabba, which especially for those who've just played league, Supercoach final, Zorko's going to be home for the last month. I love that. That yeah. is that, and that is why Swizz is on this podcast because that is a perla right there. You just put that little cherry on top just to make everyone's like you know, on the edge, and you're like, "Nah, here you go." <laughs> uh, Swizz, have you told the missus you're coming to Brisbane round ten for Richmond versus Brisbane at the Gabba? Uh, she wouldn't buy it for my birthday present from that. So <laughs> well, treat treat yourself. Uh, otherwise, look, tell your missus that's fine. But now she has to buy tickets for Chris and myself to go down around our team. <laughs> <laughs> you choose choose your evil. <laughs> yeah, 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 choose your. Hey, yeah, we're taking baby on a trip. Uh, okay, so let's move on now. So, okay, let's look at these other options. Let's go with Rowan Marshall is my next one. Uh, Rowan Marshall has played two games. He still has a pretty high break even, but I can understand why he had such a good game this week. Some people are thinking, hey, who cares? He's still 557. He's much cheaper than Dunkley. I can still bank a little bit of cash. Break even at 146, averaging 91. But he did go big this week with a 132. How concerned are you boys about Marshall and Rider coming into that side. Well, well, my my issue initially is because of that Rider factor. If, if we knew Rider wasn't playing, and that Marshall would be the biggest lock um, out of anybody. Oh, absolutely, he'd be the he'd be the number one forward by. Oh, actually, I lie. Zebel's <laughs> Zebel's yep. just like destroying it. Can I, by the way, Zebel? Can we just say if you don't have Zebel, you should probably just get Zebel um, at this point as well. Zebel's on our next discussion. Okay, point, cool. I'm just sorry. But and, yes, I completely agree with you, Spears. Keep okay, going. So, Paddy Ryder coming in, big issue. What about the fact that Saints aren't winning? Do you want a forward from a crappy team that's not winning games in your team? Well, they, they surely can't keep playing this bad because they have been pathetic. Like the, the, um, the West Coast game, they really they, they should have lost that. And I don't know what the Eagles did in the second half, but the, I went to the Essendon game and watched them stink that up. And then the Richmond game as well. Obviously, Richmond's been a, a good team over the last three years or four years, but still, like, for what St. Kilda were meant to be delivering, um, you know, they look, they look terrible and they've scored, uh, you know, 39, 48, and 68 points, which doesn't uh, bode well if you're playing more key forwards. So um, they do have a couple of easier games coming up with the Hawks and the Suns, which they you'd want to turn it around. But at the same time, yeah, you'd I don't like p- picking key position players and teams that are you know down the bottom of the ladder. I completely agree. I think the other thing as well. I mean, they they look like they play in bursts. So when when you watch them kill to play, they get on runs. And if they can't get on a run and roll over the top of you, they look like flat track bullies. When it's a tough contest, and it, it, I just feel like the other team just always has the upper hand. They're just getting beaten around the ball. But if they, if they can get a goal or two, and they can just run over the top of you. 
they just stop running. They stop running defensively. I just, I'm not enjoying watching them play right now. It's really, really sad, actually. And what's interesting is that Steele is in that midfield and he's absolutely dominating. Like he's giving them first service and they're not delivering on the outside. Um, so I'm, I'm not really sure where the, the cog is that they're missing. It, it hurts. Like Brad Crouch, honestly, for all of the numbers he's putting up, He's never, ever been a good midfielder. I've never, I don't know about you guys, I've never rated him as an actual mid. And him coming no. in, I don't think improves them at all. Like no. I would, and Gresham out hurts them immensely, but can't handle Brad Crouch, especially when you've already got a guy like Jack Steele that can rack up the possessions inside. But you need someone that's going to be able to, first of all, be defend, a two-way running midfielder. And second of all, deliver the ball inside 50. And he's just not it. I think Saints just sent out way too many postcards for offers and got too many people saying yes and they didn't want to turn them down. True. Um, now, obviously, this links back to Ron Marshall. I'm with you, Swiz. Um, we don't have enough information. I, do, don't, I don't really mind that Ryder's coming back, but I just want to see him. Like, even if it's but you want to see 100. it. You yeah. want to see it, though. That's the thing I'm saying. I don't want to bring him in now because at the moment we're in this predicament. We need to bring in someone now. I want to see more before I bring in Marshall. I'm probably leaning towards Marshall as my last forward upgrade. So that's probably going to be round 15 as my last team upgrade because he has the last buy. So um, I get a yeah, big sample size. He's going to drop in price. He's not going to be 550K at that point. You're probably picking him up around 500K. Um, and for me, that's a little bit more comfortable than jumping on him early. And then if he fails, you you're going to be like one of the only people that brought him in super early, right? Like you're going to be yeah. the only other people are bringing him in super early. If you have say Neil and another issue in your team that you haven't fixed, like a rock and or you are, oh, bring him yeah, in a rock and instead. You, and you are holding Dunkley for a week. And when then you get to see that extra week in Marshall, he drops 20 odd K yeah. and if he performs, then you can make the move. And I've heard a few people saying I might have to hold Dunkley this week just because they're trying to fix other issues. That's the only way I see Marshall, you know, coming in for those teams. Yeah. I completely agree with you. I think that's a big thing. If you have bigger issues, deal with that first and then work your way back. But yeah, for me, Marshall, I think even I'm happy to even pay five fifty again for him a little bit later. Yeah, like I don't think he's gonna go up in price, no, right? And, like and he's again, not going up. But not only that, A, I wanna see Saints improve with Paddy Ryder tapping it down, Marshall at the front, maybe they get a bit more familiar familiarity in that forward line, everything starts to you know, fall in place. Because that's what they won with last year. You get more of those cogs back in place, everything starts to flow. Well, I mean, there's something to be said about, you know, being able to, and having the luxury to move Marshall forward. And having that double ten and ruck, you got to remember how good, especially at the back end of last year, Ryder was. Oh, very good. Like missing him is is massive for that midfield. So tap ruckman, yeah, he he's uh, he's one of the best tap ruckman in the, in the league. So, um, hopefully that will actually straighten them up as well. Because I mean, what have they been running up for? They've been running what Ben King, oh, sorry Max King, and um, uh, and Memory, and Memory <laughs> really is a third tall. Like he's not a he's not a he's not really a full forward. He's a he's a lead up third tall. So well, don't don't tell somebody that who runs another particular page and that because apparently he's the greatest player to ever play the game. <laughs> Actually, I meant to I meant to comment on that earlier because we're, we're having Peroni because they're in the fridge. I don't have much time, and I was going to say I was going to get Coopers, but I realised we're never going to have Coopers on this page. <laughs> I, I don't get it. Coop. That that's as, that's as close as Cooper should ever get on this page or on this podcast. Uh, AFL. Was it? Oh, is, is that run by a guy called Cooper? Yeah, some no, guy. No idea. 
I, I, don't, yeah, I, don't, no, I clearly don't follow that way. It's better knowing that, better that way, Chris, that yeah, you don't know. Um, apparently, YouTube had to say everything has to be child-related because he is underage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. Well, um, so, uh, okay. So I think that we're all in a consen- same consensus, like um, probably not with Marshall, but if, you, if you're desperate, then it's not a bad out. I just think it's a bit more risky. I want to see it. There and are people that already have Zorko, for example. That, yeah, correct. Uh, and, you know. Or I'd like to see six games of or a few of Marshall, get him to the buy, and then you'll know if his foot holds up and if his role's conducive and move on. Um, side bottom, Chris. What the f is happening? Let's bring up side bottom stats. Well, we've He's already dropped a stack, though. We've already discussed it, and the, briefly, the thing is, briefly, Nathan briefly. Buckley right now. I love that he comes out two weeks ago. Says we're not playing the kids. That's a bad thing to say. <laughs> Since then, he's de- he's had three debuts and played Nathan Murphy his first game in like however long. Um, well, uh, Mark Keane in his first game this season, like, dude, like, okay, we're not playing the kids yet. You're playing last week. We brought in, we had six ga- players with under three games of experience, but we're not playing the kids. All right, cool, man. Um, so on any given week, you've got Dugowie coming back this week. Um, his role is just shit. Like I wouldn't be touching Sidey because he's the guy they plug everywhere right now being like, you can play here. You can do this. You can do that. He's just getting thrown all over the place. I'm more of a, if he's there at the end and he's good value, sure, but I'm not rushing out to get him, I can tell you that. He's still 490. He's more expensive than Zorko. Yeah, I know. That's the upsetting part. I'd be going Zorko over him also. uh, He's dropped a lot, though. He has dropped 94,000. For for good reason. Yeah, for good reason. We said Uh, he was overpriced. Yeah. um, What do you think, Swizz? No, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of that. Like, they've got a fair draw coming up with the Suns, North, and the Swans. Uh, but, you know, it just depends what Bucks decides to do in a game. And if they are winning comfortably, he might then just send him forward and then throw some of the kids in. Uh, if they're within the chance of winning in that, he'll go in the middle. Uh, but that. He seems to chop and change depending on their situation, and Kyle would seem to be a team a little lost on the direction they're going. You know, Buckley's trying to win games to save his own job, and we'll put Pendles inside in there. But at the same time, he's trying to spend show the message that oh no, we're playing the kids, and um, we need to show that we're putting the kids in the gut. So if that was clearer, then I'd be like, yeah, yeah, let's jump on Sidey. But yeah, I, no I can't tell. Here's um, my concern: if a guy in a team that looks like they're playing finals in COVID, gets absolutely shit-faced, ends up naked somewhere. Imagine what he's going to do in a bottom four side. Like, if they're not finals bad no, and they're early. bottom four and he's like living the highlight reel of all the all the talent he used to have in his team, Vice captain who knows bottom, what's going to happen much. to side bottom? You'll be on a bender so hard he'll end up at Lambert's house. No, well, I, I honestly think that his best role is still half forward flank um, and wing. But, um, and really, in my opinion... And I'm not the coach, but bring the, you bring these kids in. You bring your McRae and your Rantles in. You play them in the midfield where they're actually racking up the pill. Or play, at least get them on a wing. Like, don't, don't play them out of a four pocket. Playing Josh Thomas and Cal Brown out of center square this week is just the most ridiculous thing that I've ever seen. They are not ball, inside ball winners. They're just not. They haven't been for years. That's why they don't play in that position. Like, I don't get it. So, and then they, he late, he throws side bottom in, like, just stupid. Like, doesn't make any sense. The other thing with Sidey, for his entire career, especially the time he spent on the wing, you know, he's had Swan, Pendlebury, Trelaw, Adams, 
Yeah, some really good inside midfielders that take the pressure off him, but also can deliver the ball to the outside to him. He just doesn't have that anymore. Like Pendles is still a great player, but you know he's what thirty three now. Um, yeah. So it it makes it more difficult for Sidey to find that cheap ball outside. Um, if he's not, and if he's out of position and or playing sort of more deep forward, half forward, it, depending on what the goalie's role is, uh, it, it makes him he's scoring, you know, fluctuate and. Yeah, it's a struggle to want to pick him. Fair call. Um, moving on to Jack Zebel. Now, I had some strong words out on the line this week, people talking about bringing in Jack Zebel. And I, my opinion was, why would you want to pay 283000 more than everyone else got him for? Um, Is he still worth bringing in? It doesn't in? matter because he's a must-have. He's, he's, he's the second highest averaging player in Supercoach right now. Yeah, right now. Are you going to bank on him to continue averaging that or are you better off going with someone else and hoping that the tides change? Well, my question to that would be what is going to happen to him to make him not do that? And the only real thing really is injury. So if you think he might get injured because, I mean, obviously he's been a little bit injury prone over his career, then sure. But outside of that, he's the only user out of that defense that doesn't turn the ball over, literally. Like every single one of them, because the the way basically what um is it uh who's the noble is it the coach there right? What he said to his his players is he wants to play a certain way and he doesn't care about the mistakes you make. So he's he's saying we want to play that short kicking out of defense. We want to try and pierce through the zones and then we want to like go fast. That's what they want to do, and they just continually do that every single week. And what it's doing is Zebel is the only one that's using it out of defense well. And then everyone else is turning it over. It's coming back the other way, going another point. He's getting another kick out and he's doing it all again. And it's fucking hilarious to watch. I can tell you right now, he just kicks it to someone. They kick it to the opposition. The opposition kicks it behind. He gets the ball again. He kicks it. It's like, it's, it's so or, fucking hilarious. Or he kicks it to someone. They kick it to turnover. <laughs> they kick it back. He gets an intercept mark and let's start again. It's great. It's, it's, the, like, it's fucking hilarious watching it. Have you seen Jack Zill play this week's uh, Lately Swizz? I have. <laughs> it's fucking... I just love it. Like, there's nothing better than just be like, hey, every time... Hey! It should be a drinking game every time he gets a cheap possession. It's fantastic. Break it down. <laughs> okay. I, I have kind of changed my stance since then. Um, with Dunkley going out, I think it's diabolical. Dunkley, Neil, I think you need all the high-averaging players you can get. Uh, particularly have a look at your league matchups. It's either going to cost you a game, most likely, or it's going to help nullify that. So have a look at your league. If not many people have Zebel, then jump on him ASAP. There's, uh, well, I'd expect nearly everyone to have him because it's 56%. Jeff Grimo, I'm not too sure if he finally brought him in. <laughs> He's also going to make um, another 100K, guys. Zebel's <laughs> <laughs> well, got nearly one of the best breakers. He's one of the best cash cows. <laughs> He's the best really rookie that we have this week. Projected 58,000, <laughs> Jesus. Oh uh, yeah, um, yeah. No, I, I definitely um, think Zebel is is a is a must have. Um, yeah, I mean, depending on, how, on what else your team needs, if you don't have Zebel, then you're really, really far behind. Um, another one that I want to touch on, guys, is Tom Phillips, and I don't know why we're not talking more about him. <laughs> oh, that's Tom Phillips. Chris has just decided that he needs some comedic value. Um, Tom Phillips. Now, this is a shout out to Corey from SC Elites. I did agree with him, though, saying 92 or whatever. I didn't want to join in on the action because I thought he might have done a ride. But uh, he is, what is he, 16 points underneath average? Had his best average. week this week, mate, 83. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, so what is he? Um, 
What is he? Yeah, thirty eighth forward. Yeah, but he had a great week though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude! And there was one. There was one kick that he got that it was like literally off the instep, going the complete opposite direction. It just happened to land in the, in the chest of um, of a Hawks player that kicked a goal. Like it was a complete miss kick and just came off the side of his boot. And I'm just like, wow, his miss kicks are the only ones that actually hit targets. <laughs> I think I saw him kick one out in the fall, and I was like, "Who's that?" And I was like, "Oh, figures." It's just that should be his name, not Tom Phillips. Figures, because every time he does something, you're like, "Oh, figures." Oh, I figures. Like it. It well figures. done. Jump um, off that train if you have him. Yeah, right. So Corey S C elite to me. You might as well just pay up because I don't think Phillips is increasing. He's, he's, I don't think he's averaging like a hundred for the rest of the season uh, to balance that out. Uh, next one is Toby Green. So now. Swiss spoke about him a little bit. Toby Green, do you have enough flog room in your team? He's <laughs> if, you've been, got, if you've traded out to Goey, you've got enough flog room. <laughs> that is true. Um, we should ask uh, Grimo about that one also. <laughs> um, but now he has reformed, ladies and gentlemen. He's been going to church every Sunday. I've been speaking to his mother. Uh, is he is he prone? Is he prone to break out and punch someone in the face at any minute? <sighs> I think the captaincy is doing him some good. So why he's sort of in that leadership role and that he's, he's looking like a man who, you know, wants to lead the, lead his team over the line or give it the best, you know, the best shot. So, you know, he, we know he always averages around that sort of 9,500 mark anyway. So I think he's just a solid option. If you, he's not, he looks like he's more consistent this year too. So he's not going to probably throw out the B150 in that, but get your 90 to 100 each week. Um, it, playing the role that he is. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't think his scoring is an issue. I think it's more games played. Um, however, I'll, I'll say that with a caveat, because right now, no one in that GWS forward line looks like in, taking a score. Hogan comes in this week. Now, I'm not saying that changes overnight. I'm just saying that that is another forward option that they will likely want to kick to because obviously he's a very strong forward. You know, Finlayson and Himmelberg and who else are they running down there? Riccardi. They are not the solution. They are not the answer moving forward for that club at all. have no idea how they re-signed Finlayson to like some ridiculous extent, contract extension. Um, is Hogan the answer? He will. He was a fail at Frio. But at Melbourne, he put together some very, very good seasons. Um, and he can even swing up onto the, onto the wing. So I just want to see that play out a little bit. Um, and also, obviously, GWS is shit. Like, they have been shit this year. Now, does that turn around? We've got, again, Hogan, Whitfield um, announced to be available for selection, and there's a little bit of a rumour saying that he will play this week. He played a half in the VFL last week. Um, that's going to obviously help their team immensely because their ball movement has been shit. If Josh Kelly pumps out a 120 this week, I'm going to be fucking... <laughs> I'm going to be so livid. You have no idea. I will love it. I will love every second of it. I, you will have I've no still idea. got him in my draft team, obviously, because so, no one will take him. <laughs> no. I can't get a bag of chips for Josh Kelly right now. You might be out of sideways Josh Kelly for a Crips, but would you want to? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, would you want no to? No way. Um, yeah, so that's interesting. Now, the interesting thing for GWS Adelaide this week... Um, Essendon, Richmond, West Coast coming up. So North Melbourne, not too far away. I think they're about six rounds away. So there is some opportunity for Toby Green. I think it's. I think I agree. The captaincy has done him well. Poor Cornelio, apart from the fact, signs a massive contract. They give, him, they give him the contract and it's all his right now. I was like, Emilio! <laughs> I was like, Emilio! Yeah. 
And I honestly expect that captaincy to be taken away. Um, Toby Green looks much more settled, much more uh, influential, and he stands up. Oh, you don't know what happens behind the scenes. I mean, I, I, I still rate Cogs as a player. He's just... I think it's, again, for a large part of his career, he's been played out of position. So, I mean, there's that. Um, can we just say, like, Leon Cameron, if he does, if the, if the Giants don't even make a sniff towards the eight this year, is he done? Well, yes. if the I Giants agree. don't make the eight, the only sniff will be going to Mumford. <laughs> I love, I love, oh. that, they've, I love that they've just gotten onto the fact that Mumford's still their best Ruckman. <laughs> Which you, we, you said... Oh man, yeah, that's right. that's another thing as well. Swiss. Like, so if Mumford gets named this week, what does that mean for Flynn? Do we just offload him? Oh, uh, I think you wait for one more prize rise if you can, and then yeah. and then bump bump him off. Um, Flynn, um, Swizz, I don't think you laughed at my cocaine joke enough, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well done. All right, uh, what's uh, okay? Moving on. Um, Tom McDonald. Now we don't want to talk about him, but. I feel like we have to because some people are being sold into a false sense of security. Now, this is where Tom McDonald comes, probably second last in a forward announcement. Take note, please, Dr. Supercoach. Uh, you don't talk about Tom McDonald straight up in your podcast ever, <laughs> even if there's a fire. Even if there's a fire. <laughs> um, so, obviously, um, in the VFL this week, Ben Brown and Sam Wiedemann both played. So, um, where does that mean Tom McDonald plays? They flagged him to play in defense again this year. So does he move back there with Sam May still injured? Who knows? But all I know is there is just so many question marks over Tom McDonald. It's definitely not worth the money grab to grab him. It, you just don't know. There's not enough information. No chance in hell. Not I even not the, touch the, him. Not even all. the money grab. I think people are picking him because he they think he's a good option and he's a cheaper price point. But yeah, I, I just can't fathom. He's done well so far. Yes, I granted. Forwards I think are shit, though. I mean, he has one done thing well. I was—I'll tell him forwards are shit. Yeah, but not are they bad that enough. Shit? No, they're not. Um, and, I mean, it helps Melbourne are winning, but again, you know, Ben Brown is definitely best twenty-two material. What the Melbourne are doing right now, it works. But you add another person in, and things change, and that's going to really, really, really affect his role in his scoring. Um, I'm just not that confident in him continuing his run. I agree. What do you reckon, well, Swiss? And, and we've, uh, like, everyone's looking at their draw going, okay, they've got North Sydney, Carlton, Adelaide, Melbourne are flying, so why can't he continue? Uh, but Wiedemann's kicked 10 and Brown 7 in the last two weeks of the VFL. <laughs> yeah. So you've got two guys who are yeah, knocking the house down. you got, and the temptation for Melbourne, you know, they're playing North this week in Ben Brown's hometown. Uh, to bring him, you know, in maybe a week earlier than they were going to. Um, I could definitely see that. And then how do they structure up with Jackson down there? Gorn's been playing a bit more forward. Uh, you know, Tom McDonald could push further up the ground, but I think there will be, you know, the, yeah, as, we, as we've already said, um, a lot of competition for Keith, Keith Halls up there and also, uh, yeah, the kicking targets. So I don't know if Tom McDonald in the long term is going to be a good option. Break that down. Swizz, how do you sleep at night with so many good thoughts running through your head? Ben <laughs> Brown coming back early because they're playing in his hometown and he's kicked a lot of goals. Like, man, where, where, did, where does this come 17 from? 17 conversations on the train. Oh, <laughs> probably. No, like that. I, I actually quite quite dig that. So well done, mate. Don't bring in McDonald's. You heard it here, Swizz. Um, Swizz gives you all the good info, guys. So well, I, have, I have a lot of time driving around Melbourne's network, um, train network, so... Yeah, I've got, got to think about something, I guess. There you go. He's a, yeah, he eavesdrop and a pervert. So multi-talented <laughs> multi on the Swiss train. Um, 
Two, two to go. Train. I love that. We're going to call like any, any train that you're driving is welcome, the Swiss train. Welcome to the Swiss train. Uh, two more to go, Bolton well, and Heaney. I, I, I did give you that story where it did happen last week at Flinders Street. So, you know, um, <laughs> actually somehow recognised my voice. So shout out to whoever that was who listens to this podcast. But, yeah, good work. Keep listening. And that, I'm happy to, I guess, answer your questions. Can you give us a um, next station? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I like that. I was actually waiting for him to say it. Yeah, um, did. Pussy. <laughs> yes. Okay, so two more to go. Show Bolton and Heaney. So Bolton, 453, has been a popular opinion. Swizz can see the rationale. I was under the opinion I am not picking him under any circumstances. I then had a look at his stats, and I'm like, oh, yeah, not too bad. But my concern when we look at Bolton is he's gone the last uh, 85, 88 29, 110, 110, 99. So he has done well the last three weeks. That 29, though, I was starting to think, well, was he injured? Maybe he uh, there was an issue and that kind of thing. But he just was not. He had 82% time on ground and just didn't do well. That was more his role that day um, because I still I think we brought back Prestia in that match, and I think Prestia might have got injured um, Cochin was playing as well. So why those guys are out, I can see the appeal. But what happens when Dusty, Prestia, um, Lambert all come back into the side, Bolton obviously gets moved back down to the forward line. Yep. Do you think it's a big sort of trick play where Bolton goes really well this week, everyone goes absolutely nuts, brings him in, and then all of a sudden, you know, uh, well, Prestia's still a few weeks away, but, you know, he falls off a train. I just think... He is not top 10 worthy, and I know forwards are bad, but again, I don't think they're that bad. I don't think he's... Look, I mean... Is he's he even, okay. He's not even really value, because all the forwards are like this price, right? Like, Yeah, all within 60K, basically. Or yeah, I, I just don't really see it as... Uh, he's not a must-have. He's not going to burn you. Like, he's, yeah, scoring all right, but I mean, like, bet, let's say best-case scenario, what is the average? 95 to 100? Okay, well... Yep. Yeah. It's not exactly like that's best case scenario. I think his worst case in his bottom line is somewhere like eighty five to ninety. Yeah, I don't so I don't I don't like him. He's not a terrible pick. It's just like eh. It's just an eh pick. It's like a eh. Yeah. I do agree. And last one, Isaac Heaney, uh four eleven thousand, break even a one forty four. So even then you could probably wait because he's dropping cash like Going out of style, uh, 79.4 average, extremely underpriced. He's gone low the last two rounds. Obviously injured the one before. for He had a 44 and a 54 the last two. I expect him to keep dropping cash. He could end up as low as, what, like four, high threes, really. He's, he's yeah, got... he could drop to around that 380 mark. He is the perfect person for um, looking at that sort of run home if you still need to upgrade someone after the buys. Um, as I Said before about the Sorco and his run home. Well, Heaney finishes with the Giants, Freo, Essendon, Saints, North, and Suns. So he's the sort of perfect guy. If he gets down to sort of 380, 370, yeah, I might have a punt on it, uh, F6, because we know what he can do. Or even F7, which is where I'm thinking, um, yeah. yeah, if you've got sufficient trades moving into the back end of the season to bring in uh, someone like an Isaac Heaney at F7. But the thing is right Who's now... Who's your F6 then, Dugowie? <laughs> well, I, I th- so rounding my forwards out will be Marshall and hopefully Marshall and, J- and Dangerfield. But um, So I'm looking at a Heaney maybe at an F7. The thing with, with Heaney right now is that with Sam Reid going down with an injury, with Franken still injured as well, 
Um, he's going to be required to play more forward. Plus, they're playing him more forward, obviously, because of the hand injury. So, And Lizard's also injured, I think, at the moment. Yeah. So it'll be, for the immediate future, his scoring potential is not going to be there. Um, so, yeah, I agree with Swizz in that if you're looking at him, it's got to be someone that you pick up in a few weeks. And hopefully, you know, he still st- st- staggers around that price. And then we can pick him up, you know, after the buys maybe. But, yeah, I, I can't see him as a as a option for now. If, if he's well, that, 360, 370, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going there, to be honest. That, that, that's all based on him sort of averaging 75, 80 too. So if he keeps putting in these 40s and 60 scores, yeah, he could get down to 300-ish, which would be amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then it's sideways. <laughs> well, not for these four rookies, but <laughs> you'd probably still have to go one down, one up. Yep, I think that's it. Um, that kind of rounds out the forwards now. That was probably the most time spent because they are all bad. To some degree, and so that's all ag- the difficult part. So that's why there's more time spent on this. Would we all agree that I mean the reason why forwards is probably the most likely trade destination for Dunkley is purely because, um, yeah, if you trade Dunkley to a mid or a defender or whatever it may be, how many forward rookies are you now playing on field? And that's the biggest issue right now with most teams. Um, you know, guys traded in Finn McRae, guys have got Waterman, guys have got, yeah, Tracy at, yeah, yeah Fullerton, everyone, yeah. yeah, so many options. And if, you know, Roe gets dropped, we'll obviously find out tomorrow night. But I do agree. And if you have Dusty Martin, then you're at more risk. So forwards is definitely where people are trying to scrounge some value and trying to work out the next best thing. So that's why more time was spent there. Now, let's go. If you are in the hunt for a midfielder, we are basically, my opinion... <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. I'm just dying over here and choking on my um, my drink. Die, die quietly. <laughs> and <laughs> I've muted him. Um, basically, my opinion is you need to go and have a look at McRae, Steele, Oliver, Walsh. Which one do you not have? And I would be trying to, because in my opinion, I think they're all must-haves. Which one don't you have or and get them? And that's the easiest solution you will have as far as replacing Lockie Neal or if you're in the hunt for a midfielder. Um, yeah, I mean, outside of that, there are some value. Spe- there's value in speculative selections. I mean, I with with Dunkley out for a while, I've really liked Bont or, or potentially even Trelaw, but Trelaw's obviously got the um, injury issues. Um, I really like Bont but a lot. McRae trumps well all of them. Correct? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you don't have McRae, then <laughs> yeah. Um, here's why I like uh, Jack Steele. Now I'm thinking about paying overs for him, and I know his break even's one seventy, and he's probably going to drop. Well, it says 15,000 if he scores a 136. I'm thinking about paying overs because I think he's still going to end up flatlining around, you know, low sixes anyway. I think, yeah, I I think you're probably picking him up around 600K, maybe a little bit under. Yep. Uh, That would be the ideal world. But I think against Hawks, Gold Coast, uh, North coming up, Adelaide coming up, I think he's going to average 130 over the next six rounds, seven rounds, and I want in. Fair enough. It's not. It's not a bad little uh, Citro he's got going there. Yep. Oh, he's so, got Bulldogs though. Ugh. Yeah, Geelong Bulldogs in the middle of that and Sydney. I love it. But yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is there anyone that you think is a must-have from the midfield that we haven't mentioned there, Swizzy? Uh, not that you haven't mentioned, no. And so if you had a priority them, could you give us your list of uh, of guys there that you would say you, one, two, three, four, five? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go Bont, Steel. Spoke Lions. Ooh, I don't mind at all. I actually, I love Lions. 
Yeah, okay. You well, know what I love about Lions? I, I suggested him in the preseason as someone to average about 110 and people laughed at me. Literally laughed. I'm like, what do you mean? He did the same last year. Nothing's happening to the midfield. No, I think uh, Pistol was pretty big on it. I, I think I supported him from an outside perspective. Yeah. I said this year I think it was and then I think next year or you know years after when McCluggage and Berry, if they up their game, they could start to impact his scores. But I thought this year he was pretty safe. Uh, Merritt, I think, also is a, a little side mention there. Hasn't set the world to light yet, but last year he started off pretty slow and then averaged really well after. So I think Merritt's also a little sneaky side note for me, 587k. The other thing with um, with uh, with Bont is that obviously he's played a little bit of time forward and he's going to continue to play a little bit of time forward. But um, with Ugal Hagen absolutely destroying the VFL at the moment, I think he's kicked five goals in uh, the last two games he's played um, on back-to-back. Um, and so he's a shout to come in this week or Josh Shaki is actually playing really, really well as well in the twos. So he could come in as well. If either of those guys come in and they don't get a tall out, um, that'll be interesting to see how they go moving forward. So uh, with Dunkley out, there's going to be some more mid-time there. I think Bailey Smith probably gets more rotations, maybe Lockie Hunter more on the wing um, and more inside as well. Um, so it will be interesting to see how it comes back to full circle almost. Um, but yeah, I, I actually really like Bond. Yep. Uh, they do have some good rounds coming out as well. If you have a look at this, his average against Richmond is 126.3, Bont and Pelly. Yeah, I mean, Richmond just, yeah, they don't care where you get the ball as long as it's not in the 450, right? Um, and and, that, and I really like Bont this week, even as a vice-captain option, because who are we playing with? I don't think, well, we don't have Presley, we don't have Dusty. Um, I'm saying Edwards, we, but Edwards, Edwards played fantastic last week. Yeah, yeah. So Bont, I feel like we're going to smash this week, and the Bulldogs are going to have a field day in that midfield. So if you are bringing in Bont, he is a, a big option as VC this week too. Yeah, I am keen on Bont. The other unknown, uh, well, the underlying factor as well. Once I get through there, by uh, after you get through Geelong, etc., their back end's really nice as well. North Melbourne, Sydney, Gold Coast, Adelaide, Melbourne, Essendon, Hawks, Port Adelaide. So what? And Port Adelaide's not even part of Supercoach Finals, which is great. Yeah, yep. So, but yeah, North Melbourne, Gold Coast, Adelaide, Essendon, Hawks to a degree. I think uh, it's really good for Bulldogs. Yeah, I agree. I, I really like Bond as an option. Like to the point where I, who's my first look, like it's the first time that I've actually gone, oh, Dunkley's injured. I really like Bond here. And I'd almost want to trade him in over someone like an Oliver or Steele because Steele's, you know, probably 50k overs right now with a high break even. Oliver's just plugging away, but he's not killing it. Obviously, his you know, upcoming run. The th- I'm scared of Oliver's upcoming run. And the reason is he's a downhill skier of note. Like, he just loves beating up the weak teams. So that does scare me. Why do you think he's in my side? Well, the other one is Bont. And how many teams is Bont in? Because I don't think he's in many. Um, so he, that would be no, no. Bond, Bond's got he's only more than Oliver. He's in twenty five percent. Oh, really? Well, Jesus, I yeah, didn't, that's a lot. Yeah. So actually, he might. They might have actually evened up this week. Yeah, Oliver's gone ahead of him by a hundred, hundred. Oh. So both twenty five percent. Wow. Okay. Yep. That, that's definitely solid. Um, let's talk about lines and quickly. He's six oh eight k. So that's the part I don't like. He's. Expensive. He's more expensive than Oliver. He's more expensive than you know, Merritt. Slightly more expensive than Bont as well. Yeah, so that's the thing I don't like. He's 608K, and there's a reason why he's still expensive. The positive part is he's actually only 3,000 up from the start of the year, so he has been consistent. He's in the ton club with McRae, has scored 100 or more every single round. 
100 through to a high of 139. That's six tons in a row. Uh, Neil out, I think, helps him as well. He's now... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he will probably... Yeah, I think he's actually a really good option. I just don't know if I can pay that much money for him, which will probably mean he'll do well. I mean, I get how many teams... He's like 2,000 teams, 1%. Oh, wow. Okay, so that's why you can get him. Um, so do you want a pod at 600K? It's, it, I mean, it's it's tough at this stage of the season, but the one thing I will say about a pod is that the earlier you get him in, the more benefit you get. But obviously, it can go against you. <laughs> um, you know, getting a pod at, at, at that price point means that it could really, really hurt you if, if it that doesn't pan out. But every evidence is supporting. He's now got what a, a two year average of almost 110. Like, what are you what what are you complaining about? Like, he's not a terrible selection. He's going to be top ten. Um, if he's if you've already got the other guys, no brainer selection in my opinion. So, yeah, I don't mind him at all. So would you go Steel, though, or Lions? Right now, oh, probably Lions, to be honest. 40K difference? Just 170 break-even, just to me, just doesn't do it. I mean, you've got to go up. Do you have cash to go to go to him? I don't know. I, I'm going to say the uh, the only – I would the, – the reason I had Steel above Lions – uh, and I'm not the biggest fan of Steel, but it's just because of the buy difference. The round 14 buy was 13. Round 13, I've already got, you know, McRae and, and Merritt and looking at probably bringing in Bont this week. And I've got Walsh as, to, as well. So adding lines for that just stuffed my round 13 buy, where Steel round 14, you know, he's got no competition there from the mid, oh, apart from Oliver. So unless you're running Oliver and Petrarca and Fife, and that Steel's the, uh, is a better buy option. In mine. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that comes into consideration as well. Um, when you're bringing in anyone at this point, is you got to take note of um, of how your buys are structuring up. Um, most teams are, are looking pretty good um, for that I've seen around. Um, but yeah, you definitely need to be uh, you know lower in that first round because you're going to probably make yeah at least one or two upgrades uh, after that first week, um, and that will you know should be able to carry through in week two and week and then week the final week of the buys. So. Um, yeah, just you can't go too heavy. But the thing, like I'm, I've now yeah got seventeen, and I'd say premiums in an inverted comma because you know Taranto is part of that group. And um, uh, yeah, I'm looking at my team now, and I'll, I'll by that time that the buys roll around, I'm gonna have twenty premiums. I only really need what three more guys before the buys, and I'll have twenty premiums already before the buys even hit. So my team's gonna be really quick to that, and I think there's gonna be a lot of teams that um. You, you might actually get hit with that, having um, too many premiums in that first buy week that won't actually carry you through. Um, so, yeah, well, could be something to think about. We're, we're talking about the more the Uber premiums, but that's where uh, like Mer- we'll be moving on to talk about some of these cheaper guys. Um, I'm sort of trying in my head go, well, do I want to save 150000 hope one of these guys continues to go quite well, and then I can upgrade to another cheaper premium next week or a fallen premium and get my team to have more premiums, even if it isn't the Uber premiums, in case these last few rookies don't come on. Well, um, yeah, and that's a very good point, is that um, I previously had a plan, and this is what my, as you already know, of just targeting Oliver and Steel because I need them in my side. But sometimes you just got to take the value when it presents. Um, so another one that you know looking at as a midfield option is Brayshaw, and it is at four hundred and seventy nine k. 
um, with a break even of I think it's in the fifties. Yeah, fifty three. Um, so one that's going up. You know, is it someone that you you, you know you don't desperately need a Brayshaw, but um, when he hasn't been tagged, he's hit over one hundred and twelve every single week. So he's definitely got that high end potential. I know Frio have had a good run as well, which obviously bodes into that scoring potential. But it's not like we haven't seen this from Brayshaw. He averaged, what, 107 last year? It's not like it's unlike him to score well. We've seen him score well. He's got the role. He has the potential. He's got a great points per minute. He's only going to get better as a player, and he keeps impressing me every single week. The problem is um, he's, he still plays those um, those same teams that tagged him early in the year. He, he plays them back-to-back again later in the year. He's a tag liability now, so p- teams are tagging him. But that Frio midfield, man... Honestly, between Fife, Mundy's just got a new lease on life. You've got Brayshaw, you've got Chera, and you've got Sarong. Um, all of them are just absolutely killing it at the moment. Um, and they seems like almost the new dogs in terms of the amount of talent they've got through that midfield. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't see him as a, as a musket, but I see him as a guy, if you're getting, say, a Zorko down, um, which is my plan, and you've got that extra to go up to a, a fallen premium, I don't hate him as a selection. So um, definitely one to look at. Um, for the record, Brayshaw only had seven scores over, say, 112, 115, and average 101.3, not 107, Chris. That's a slight stretch of the imagination. Um, yeah, so for me, it's an interesting one there. Um, yeah, <laughs> That's all I could say there is just to disprove Chris's notion. That's it. I think he was averaging like 107 for most of the year, wasn't he? Yeah, I think part so. Of the year, once he got through, uh, yeah, but that, that's my thought about it. Like, yeah, still nearly 170k more than him at the moment, and obviously still the better scorer and the better player. But if that means you max all your cash out by getting Steel in, where somebody else might go, okay, I can move Golden next week with that extra 170K and get another fallen premium or maybe able to get a Trelaw or someone like that. What what would you rather in your team steal with a Golden who might start dropping cash or might you know get rested soon? Or would you rather Trelaw and Brayshaw in your team? Yeah, yeah, I'd rather if you can upgrade again next week instead of holding another week. I think you try and make that strategic decision to use that cash, which is kind of the position I'm in. I could go two midfielders this week and play two rookies on field and then, what, get rid of Goulden next week for a forward. I could do that. But, you know, I'll maximize yeah, all my cash. will be gone, I think, by then. Well, I'm actually leaning towards trading out Warner only because I have to. I'd love to trade out Golden instead, but I'm actually 8K short of doing my optimal trades. So I need that extra little cash. Um, so it's not ideal, but it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I, 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 it, it's a question that every team is going to be different with. Do you just get the best available guy or do you get the value when you when you can? Now, every team is going to be different. I think if you need the forward, then you're obviously going to make cash anywhere you go outside of, say, a, a Zebel, which is what, 550 or, or a Marshall. You're probably not going to make enough cash. So then what do you do with that other cash? Do you go down again so that you can upgrade next week? and hope that you can go one down, one up? Or do you go, all right, I'm going to get the the two, the, still maintain my upgrade cadence, and then I'll get one this week, and then hopefully one down, one up still next week, depending on, yep. you know. I mean, a lot of the rookies are ready, almost re- are ready to go. You know, Warner at 3.30, he probably can make a little bit more cash. I reckon he can pro- arguably get to about 400 if you want to hold him. 
Um, I think he's about 340 now or, or high 330s. Yeah, Golden's, uh, I don't know what to say about Golden anymore right now, but he's looking to drop cash potentially this week. But he's a deflated. big score could, could do anything. We're still waiting on Flynn. Power looks to probably get to about 400. Um, Chapman, depending on this week, could, could, could go either yeah. way. He could so, yeah, plateau at yeah, two seventy five. There's still enough cash around there to make what some. What about good money. Cozzy and Jordan? Uh, any yeah. comments, boys? No, I don't want to talk about um, it. Um okay, so the only <laughs> other thing looking into strategy, and the last thing we'll touch on and we'll finish up very quickly, is looking at you know, some of you might have you know, Kaczynski or brought in, yeah, Jordan uh, so what's what's his name? The defender? Jordan? No. Uh, I don't know. Port Adelaide about. defender Jones? Jones. Jones. Um different Jay. Um now, the only other recognition is with some DPP swing that some of you might have, you might need a defender and you might have to trade out sort of Neil or do a little bit of, you know, like put Cox in your forward line, get rid of Dunkley and get a defender because your defense sucks. That's fine. You're fixing those things. I think the only defenders that you can note is Ridley you don't get yet if you don't have him already. He's dropping cash. You wait on him. So for me, I think it's Mills, Stewart, uh, Lloyd, Rich, Houston. And for me, the Doherty. I'll get your Doherty. Yeah. So basically, the top ten I think we got at the moment we got Ridley, Mills, Stewart, Lloyd, Rich, Laird, Bose, Doherty, Houston. Um, I'll get your probably one, two, three defenders, and we'll finish on that. I think, boys. Um, for me, I am going with Houston number one. I'm going with Lloyd number two, and Mills for me number three. Um, I think. Ridley still won, and the reason why is no, because... No, I'm talking about for this week. Yeah, or I'm talking for this week. You're paying 600k? Yep, because the thing is, it, first of all, how many defenders do you already have? Most people already have five premium defenders. Not most. The oh, lucky few. A lot, of, a lot of people do, I would say. So if you do not have Ridley, but you've already got five premium defenders, well, then why wouldn't you just pay it and True. get him now? Because he's going to score 120 the next two weeks, right? So, yes, he's going to drop cash, but if you need a defender... Yeah, get him. Just yep. get him. Fair call. So I, I just don't think that there's a question there. That's yeah. the first thing. Um, the other thing is, in terms of value, I think probably Houston is easily the best value pick. Um, he's got a true average of, what, 111, which puts him as the second highest averaging forward. Break even a 140. Oh, sorry, so defender. Break even 140 could wait yeah, slightly so he, on him. He obviously had that injury where he subbed out on 48. Um, so outside of that, he's averaged 111. So he's the best value pick. Um, and then I think Stewart's probably the safest pick outside of that. So that's how I would rank them in terms of one, two, three. Over to you, Swiss. Not even Lloyd. Wow. Uh, value. Yeah. Yeah, I think that yeah, Lloyd's not value. He's just going to average in the same, right? All right I think Swiss. Stewart's even averaging more, isn't he? Uh, what's Lloyd averaging? 106 at the moment. So Stewart and Mills are averaging more. Yeah. So you're right. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, I think Lloyd averages more than Stuart for the rest of the year, Chris. Well, possibly, but is he valued? <laughs> uh, what do you reckon, Swiss? Uh, give us your one, two, yeah, three there, um, Like I, I want to agree with you because I traded Ridley, actually, because it was the only way I could see myself getting in Oliver. Um, and I'm in that position where I've got the five defenders, but if Highmore doesn't play, I'm looking at bringing another defender in and then Ridley when he drops cash. So Ridley technically should be my number one because I know he's going to score really well the next couple of weeks. But if you're the counter argument to your thing with the five defenders, one idea I have is moving Lloyd in as my M8, bringing in the four defender this week, bringing in Ridley in a couple of weeks and then using a value pick later on 
as like an M8, M9 and Laird can swing around. But that's just a uh, bit of forward thinking there, which is making me not have Ridley number one. Uh, so my number one this week is Stewart. Um, I think he's rolling in Geelong's fantastic. Uh, and he takes a lot of intercept marks, which he should do against the Swans. Um, my number two is Mills. And then... But depend. I'm not going to say Lloyd or Laird because everyone should have them. But I don't think. I think Lloyd's actually only 33%. So if you don't have him, you probably should get him. Um, or I really like Doherty. Doherty's towed up Essendon a few times. Oh yeah. It uh, does like to score. And Bulldogs in Melbourne, though, obviously are, f- are flying. He should see a lot of ball down that way um, for the next couple of games after that. So. Um, I actually quite like Sam Doherty. We know what he can do when he's um, and now he's he's past all those injuries. So I'll have him actually at number three. One thing I'll say about Doherty as an owner and um, I, 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 I watching him play, he's played brilliantly this season. And I don't like I don't think you can argue that he's played well. On top of having a very high floor and scoring well in Super Coach, his actual gameplay is very very good. Um, now, sometimes he does, unfortunately, turn the ball over, but he does those you know, long kicks down the line that unfortunately go to the opposition, which is really annoying. Um, I completely agree with you in what you said with Ridley uh, in terms of, um, you know, if you've already traded him out and you're obviously waiting for his cash to drop and, and you, you do have that spot that you can swing in. The one thing that we're not mentioning is Whitfield. And so Whitfield is obviously coming, um, likely to come back this week. I'm pretty confident that he will. Um, Would you which, go early though if you need a premium? No, no chance. No chance I'd be going early. I, I one, want, 1% owned. There is literally no chance you're picking him up now. You're going to get him in three weeks. But again, so in your situation, Swizz, like and my situation, I've already got six premium defenders, including Laird and Ridley. So I'll probably be um, maintaining Laird in my midfield at M7 or M8 or whatever it is, and then getting Whitfield in if he shows what I think this game right now can show. If he can move the ball out of that back line with those 45 kicks and they continue to play the game, kick it to Whitfield, yes, he will be... Because I think he's... I like that game. Kick it to Whitfield. Oh, it's a great game. At, at 560k... Where's, where's kick it to Jelly? <laughs> I mean, he could come out and go 120-120 and you, and you have to get him. Right, like he could be a, a must-have in three weeks' time, or he could, you know, start off slowly and we work our way into it, and he drops a bit of cash, and then you can have a look at him. Um, but I just feel like they're they're at their best when Whitfield is distributing out of the half back line, and that's really their problem's been their ball movement moving forward. So. Have they confirmed that's where he's going? And no, we don't know yet. So right. that's okay. what I mean. So, so yeah, wait and see. Yeah, so definitely one to wait, but yeah, that's why I think potentially. Ridley's a little bit more important than you think. Yes. So, yeah, yes. cool. And the other thing is, um, I do believe that potentially Whitfield could be a better averaging, like, last mid defender than whoever you're going to get as your M8, if that makes sense. So, if your options and for the same value. And, the, and or, for the flexibility. And for the money and for everything, right? So, um, yes, you, yeah, if that means you can get uh, someone who's going to average you 110 plus at 560K in three weeks, that you, you kind of got to get that right so yeah anyway that's yep. my opinion I agree I believe you said I believe a lot today I believe I believe I believe I believe what do you think about Whitfield Swizzy no Whitfield's a great player so and, and these rules should suit him so he's uh, we'll obviously have a look at him and the only issue could be if the Giants continue to struggle um, you know 
there's there's no guarantees there. But I um yeah, we've we've seen enough over him over the last few years that he should come in and do reasonably well. Yep, yep. Whitfield's great. Just ask Lambert. <laughs> a lot of great Sunday barbecues hiding from <laughs> Asada. Asada? <laughs> um, look, Good times. that wraps us up. Uh, a little bit longer segment because of the diabolical trade okay. scenarios. So, captains and vice captains. Oh, yes. Oh, season VCs. Now, this is where we differ a little bit because Chris makes a good point. Uh, I am going VC McRae into Gorn, I think, based on Gorn's previous history against the Dogs. Uh, uh, sorry, the ruse, but I am now slightly tempted on the Grundy. Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely going uh, likely VC McRae into uh, Grundy, and I think that of the reasons are obvious. So VC and McRae make sense. Um, you know, Richmond's weak in midfield. Plus, they don't tag. It's going to mean there's going to be a lot of points in that midfield for um, the Dogs. Plus, also no Dunkley, so there's every chance that. The McRae just comes out and has one of his one sixty games this week, um, and then obviously the the back the the backup uh, captain on Grundy, um, Gold Coast uh, have either a a undersized ruckman that's played two games of AFL, or b an underdone Zach Smith that Zach is Smith! arguably the worst ruckman in the league. He's coming in. <laughs> Zach Smith's playing. Um, so yeah, that's what that's my plans. VC McRae into C Grundy at this stage. Swizzy, what are you on? Uh, if I bring in Bont, it's going to be Bont um, against Richmond because I can see him just going berserk. But, yeah, it'll be either McRae or Bont into – it's going to be either Grundy or uh, Oliver against North. I think this is one of those games where Oliver will just have a field day. I don't like Gorn as much against Goldie as much as he's towed him up a couple times. Uh, but, um, yeah, I can see myself. It's probably going to end up being one of the Bulldogs into Grundy. Yeah, I thought about Oliver too. Nice be could be a nice little he difference. Honestly, if you have a look at Oliver's best games over his career, they were all against like underdone shit, like bottom of the ladder teams, like Gold Coast for like multiple seasons where he goes one seventy one eighty, like legit. And is there like, is there a way to just ignore McRae and VC Oliver? Is there a way? <laughs> uh, look, I mean, sure. If you really want to, I mean, that is yeah something to look at because if you want to take that risk, you. you yeah, I don't. The captain and all of us. Well, worst case scenario. Completely right. You're completely right there, Chris. Because what did he go like the Crows last year? Two hundred and five yeah, against exactly. them. It's he just is a huge downhill skier, and it's what Chris's average from you know one oh one oh eight to one fifteen to one twenty. Like he has these just huge games during the season against bottom of the um, bottom of the ladder teams. Like just goes ham on them. So hey, yeah. if Waterman doesn't play, then you have an Two hours and ten minutes to watch him go, but who you bring in? No, no one. Don't worry. No, there's no, there's no. Scrap captain. that. No, there's no captain out there. No, unless you want to captain Dockers. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Walsh, Walshin. Yeah, no, nah, nah, bad, bad. No, nah, no, nah, nah, not interested. You could back up five, but in the derby, but yeah, is that game even going? Yeah, yeah, it is. Is yeah. it a derby or a derby? Isn't the derby? I don't, I don't know. know. Um, so, thank you for joining us, mate. Chris, we'll have to send you a check for your overtime and for the delayed start. Uh, we're also looking forward for our beer birthday donations. I think uh, Ventaroof is donating beers as yeah. I heard of Sunday. So, bit of a shout out. Next shout out, Ventaroof, uh, our friend Damien Gunn, shouting out some beers coming up soon. Also, if you've held on this long, shout out to Shane Mason. Um, I spoke to him tonight, said that he loves our podcast. 
He said, who, who are those guys that join you at the start of the year? And I said, SC Elites. And he said, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but I, he didn't even know who Dr. Supercoach were. He was watching, like, listening to Phantoms Led and all these other guys. And I was like, oh, he listens to us. So proud of you, Shane Mason. I'm, I'm proud of you, brother. Proud of you. Um, but but you don't say that. Uh, that's it. That wraps us up. Uh, thank you very much, Swizz, mate. Thank you for your time and for your expertise and all the lovely insight that we can't bring to the table. Oh, no, no, I appreciate it, guys. Um, while we're at it too, I'll just hopefully uh, we have a week without carnage this week. Oh, just yeah. give a shout. I just want to give a shout-out to my cousin who's a, v- a VFL player. Also, he did his ankle on the weekend, so I hope a, a recovery to you and all those footballers who went down on the weekend, and hopefully we're carnage-free this week in the Supercoach world. Yeah, fingers crossed, mate, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Did you ask all the uh, questions the missus put forward there, Swizz? Uh, we we did. I'm I'm sure she's uh, very happy. We even got Heaney in, so uh, yes, yeah, so she can listen to me uh, talk for another two hours about. Super- <laughs> <laughs> sounds like she never gets that at home, right? <laughs> yeah. Sounds like sounds like she likes getting Heaney in. If you know what I mean. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't? Really? He's a good, the, looking, good looking man. The blonde, the blonde stallion. Hey, all good, boys. All good, and uh, hopefully catch up with you soon. Sounds good. Thanks, mate. Thanks, guys. Catch you later, guys. See you next time. Bye. The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent. The P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, because I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it. I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles, Karen.